Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to 15 Minutes with Lincoln. I am one of your two hosts, Timothy Robert Dunn, a common man in Chicago. And some call me the Martian Manhunter. That is, of course, my co-host, the return spirit of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, this is normally, normally a, po- a political podcast that features the political opinions of myself, a modern millennial, and those of Abe, one of our great presidents and an up-and-coming comedy writer. But this week, we are, I don't know, Abe, I, I guess, I mean, we're just movie critics this week. Critics? I have nothing to criticize. I'm a movie praiser. You are, since you've returned to our reality, um, one of your defining characteristics is that you are a huge fan of the DC cinematic universe. I'm a DC cinephile, that's for sure. And a, I'm an F- a big Snyder fan. Absolutely. I love the Snyder films. Uh, 300, 300 Rise of an Empire. He was like a producer on. He wasn't totally involved. Man of Steel, Sucker Punch, all of these. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think there's just like, there's a, a lot to, to learn from the man. And, and I cannot wait. I've been waiting for so long to finally see the Snyder Cut. And after a spirited effort online, we'll say, mm-hmm. to get this movie released, we now have on HBO Max the final Snyder Cut with an additional $70 million of filming and editing and graphic design to completely realize Zack Snyder's vision. Correct. We even also have, I think I just read about this, Justice is Grey, a black and white version on HBO Max as well. If you want to go back through the whole four hours and do it all again in black and white, it's there for you. And it's great. <laughs> um, what do you want to start with, Abe? General impressions? Do you want to give a quick recap of what the movie's about? I think first I just want to get back to what I said about the spirited movement. I just want to say this really couldn't have happened without all the great fans out there who really did a lot of important and positive work to make sure that the powers that be felt that this was important i'm gonna say one other thing i also don't know if it could have happened without the pandemic occurring because i feel like the snyder cut is only something that we would all care about when we've been trapped in our homes for like 12 months um and i abe i don't know We'll, we'll probably get to this. I don't know that anyone would go to a theater and spend four hours watching this thing. DC heads like you would. Also, back in my day, we went to the theater for hours upon hours. <laughs> I mean, Shakespeare's original works were like five or six hours long. Yeah. And only recently do people chop them down when they produce them. So I would certainly have gone. And that's not just because I'm a DC cinephile. You went to those plays where like... Um... There'd be an intermission, and you have a meal, and then you go back to the theater for a few more hours or whatever the hell. It was a full day, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much to all the Snyder fans and all, all the DC maniacs out there. Because um, now we have the Snyder Cut, and Abe, I gotta say, it's it's better. It's It's a lot better. Than everything you've ever seen. I agree. I cannot believe that... There is even now a genre of superhero or comic book movies because, and that, and that they put this movie in that those genres because to me it defies all categorization. 
it is so I, I meant it was beyond than, yeah all of those films okay i i yeah it's it's um i guess it's great it's really it's really good now i would put it in the the maybe not the best of the i i disagree with you here i don't know if it's the best of the best but it's in like the top of the middle tier of superhero films i would say oh harsh timothy it, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I guess we could offer both perspectives that this sure. was the one of the greatest films ever made, and one of the and a really pretty good film. Yeah. Yes. So we've covered all the bases, I think. <laughs> Look, I hope I know it's been a week since it's been released, and we could have touched on this perhaps a little sooner. But I hope now everyone's had a chance to watch this and to digest all of the coverage. It's got like a I think like a ninety nine percent fan approval rating and like a seventy three percent critical approval on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like as high as you can get on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's out of like 74, right? Yeah. So I just want to say, um, now that we've all watched this, we've all seen the criticism of it, let's just dive right into a full recap of the film. Okay. Um, let's, I know we're, <laughs> I know we're going to go chapter by chapter, but let's give like, Abe, in two sentences, what is this film about first? This film is about the struggles of the gods and the duties of man to serve those gods and to the gods having to serve man. I immediately regret this exercise. Okay, let's get into part one, Don't Count on It, Batman. Uh, This is, everybody remembers this chapter. This is the one where Batman goes around recruiting people. I gotta say, if you didn't notice this the first time, perhaps go through like the second time you watch the film, but you'll start to pick up on all the like little nuances, the little Easter eggs, the little hidden gems. The names of the chapters actually correspond to lines of the dialogue in those chapters. So don't count on the Batman is something that Aquaman says in the chapter, and I think that's pretty neat. That is, that is that's pretty neat. Um lots of love in this chapter i think it starts off you know batman somehow he's on a horse he's ridden to this remote part of iceland and he's got oh right we saw him we saw him camping i feel like that was new right yeah he's got a bunch of american dollars on him you know the standard currency for the world and he uh finally gets to meet aquaman he goes back Aquaman turns him down, but not before giving him the business about, like, you do it all dressed as a bat. Great classic lines. Something that, you know, yeah. uh, the Josh Whedon version is always talked about, like, oh, it's one of the funniest movies ever. There's so many, so much comedy that Josh Whedon added. He's just such like, a comedic mastermind. But then he left that gem on the table. Anyway, and then he dives into the water. He swims back. He's like, no. And the uh, these Icelandic villagers, they sing a cool song, and we get to hear the whole song. That's so great. Right. <laughs> yeah, you really sit there while these um, young women sing this really sad, depressing song, it sounds like, and Aquaman swims away in jeans. Absolutely. I'm so glad none of that was cut. Another thing we get to see is we get to see Wonder Woman uh, save this whole like museum slash bank kind of situation. Another terrific scene. I think that uh, there's so much... I think that's a chapter one, right? Yeah, we saw most of that, though, didn't we, in the original? Yes, but this time we really get to actually unpack the motives of the people behind the plan. 
there's like 20 gunmen yeah. and they take over the building and they make sure that everyone's stuck in the building and then they're going to blow up the building with all the gunmen inside. And this is why this film is so great is because it spells out motivations in such an interesting way in a way that like you don't see it in ordinary life. Like most of the time when people do like these kind of bombings, they just one person goes in, blows up the building themselves or they just send like the, the just the bomb in. They don't like commit yeah. 20 people to also get blown up with the whole thing. But these people were really like all like really big, um, you know, fanatics. And it makes total sense that all 20 of them would be in there and blowing up the building together. It's absolutely yeah. a brilliant, um, a brilliant setup. And Wonder Woman, of course, saves the day. She beats a little girl who's like, uh, I, when I'm, could I be you when I grow up? And Wonder Woman's like, absolutely, you could be me, which is terrific because... You know, she's saying like, yeah, you too could also be the offspring of Zeus. And even though Zeus was killed by Ares in the Wonder Woman cinematic universe, something we've also right. discussed. So I think that's great. She gives so much hope. I think that's a really powerful message because a lot of people have criticized Zack Snyder for not being like, you know, um, a big feminist. But I mean, if you see Sucker Punch, if you see this scene, you really get that he gets the chicks, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. He definitely gets the chicks. What happens in... Uh, is there anything else in part one worth covering? Everything's worth covering. I'm just leaving the rest out I for the Abe, time. I apologize. I apologize for saying that. Yes, no. I guess, was there anything new in part one that we didn't see before? Why are we talking about what's new? I don't even consider like what's new or what's old. It's it's all good. And, and you know, I don't even consider the Josh Whedon Justice League as like a thing anymore. Well, that's one point where you and I agree. I think this plugged a huge hole as far as the, like, this was one of the worst DC films. Suicide Squad, and you and I might not agree on this. I think Suicide Squad is really bad. Uh, think, yeah, disagreed. Yeah. And so, you know who else dis- disagrees with you? Who's that? The, the, uh, the Motion Picture Film Academy, the people who give out the Oscars, because uh-huh. Suicide Squad is an Oscar-winning film. What was it nominated for, Abe? I think all of the things, but then it ended up winning for makeup yeah, stuff. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Age of Heroes. That was, of course, the one where we hear the recap of the... Chapter 2, The Age of Heroes. The battle when Darkseid, our buddy Darkseid, shows up, Abe. Yeah, but this is like way back thousands of years ago, this epic scene. What's again covered in the, in the classic Zack Snyder sepia tone with all the metal kind of grays and yeah it's interesting he's doing a black and white version or he's done a black and white version because his movies are so black and white to begin with but he, you know he just really likes that gray scale and we get to see this in full with this ancient scene where dark side's coming to try to take over the earth with the mother boxes and he's faced by all the gods before they're killed by um uh aries in the wonder woman's cinematic universe and I got to yeah. say, another thing this film reminds me of is a classic film, a classic, you know, I'm a big DC cinephile, but I'm also a big FX movie app cinephile. And another film we got to talk about on the podcast sometimes is The Immortals. You're just so comfortable using that term, you're a DC cinephile. I'm sorry, keep going. Is uh, is uh, Henry Cavill's earlier work. It's like kind of like 300, but he's also facing off against the gods. It reminds me a lot of this scene. And because the gods are like bigger than humans, but they look like humans. It's like the same thing as in the immortals. And anyway, uh, we see a green lantern in this scene who gets just like, um, he gets wiped out by dark side in like two seconds, Mm -hmm. you know, but like still, it's still pretty fun. So 
this sets up perfectly the the obviously the Green Lantern franchise, which is coming to HBO Max at some point, which is why Zack Snyder wasn't able to actually put Green Lantern in this film. He had to use Martian Manhunter, which we all know by now because we've all been reading every recap article the past seven days. Now, uh, this scene, we see the heroes team up. We see people from all over the world, like some Mongols, some like uh, like Vikings. You know, everyone's already there. It's a very multicultural alliance, yes. Everyone teams up, and it shows the spirit of, of cooperation, which I think is another theme of Justice League. It's like, it's better when we all work together. And I think that's yeah. something we all need to hear right now. Uh, I'm looking at you, President Biden. Okay. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the scene, the opening scene from Fellowship of the Ring, where they go back to the Second Age, the last alliance between uh, men and elves. It, it, I mean, it is that scene. And you're a movie guy pretty much more than I am at this point. Yeah, but I don't watch, like, nerdy movies like that. I don't watch, like, kind of, like, lame. <laughs> That's, I, I, that, I, I've never watched any of those things. Okay, but even Diana's words after the battle's over where she's like, one box went to men, one box to Amazons, and one box to Atlantean. That's like, that's a straight up ripoff of nine rings to the to the men, five to the dwarven lords. Like, I I'm not saying it's not effective. I'm just saying, I don't think he had a new idea here. He 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 just took something. I'll have to take your word for it. I mean, but also to as long as we're talking about the Greeks, there was a group called the Cidics who believed nothing was original, everything was just borrowed. So perhaps Fair. Tolkien or whoever wrote the 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 Lord of the Rings movies, they um I think probably borrowed it from somewhere else too. So who knows, Timothy? Right. I, I still think it's a great scene. And I think that um we didn't touch on this, but the Age of Heroes, uh that's something that Wonder Woman says in this to to Batman. <laughs> Where she's yeah. like, who they said the age of heroes would never come again, and the it's, the other thing is we see Steppenwolf shows up to take those mother boxes from, uh, the um, uh, the what are they called the Amazonians? Uh, correct, yeah, yeah, and that's an okay. Here's this is the last thing was about this chapter. This is another great pl- great plot point in this film. Is they're all standing around with their bows and arrows and their swords as the mother box is shaking, uh-huh. and then Steppenwolf comes down with his like his vampiric. Uh, demon pair of demons and they start just fighting in this whole area and then they take the and then the queen of the Amazonians takes the mother box out and the woman's like seal us in you got to do it there's nothing we could do and it's like okay great absolutely so she takes the mother box out and then she um, uh, she like hits a couple of big pillars and then everyone in there just falls into the ocean like through this through the ground through the ocean right. and it's great because you don't wonder like why would she just not do that to begin with or like why just like not just wait like have all the Amazonians outside of the thing so they don't have to die with it yeah and as soon as the sepulchre for whoever shows up for the mother box like then you just seal them down under the sea with it with them because you know she can't do that because she's got to like lure them out and take the mother box out and then trap them in so and she knows that like just because they can travel through space and time presumably to get there doesn't mean that uh if she traps them in this big rock thing under the ocean, they won't be able to get out. It's a brilliant plan. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a brilliant plan, Abe. Um, yeah, but you know, Steppenwolf gets away with the mother box. I feel like I should have warned everyone that this may be an episode of 30 minutes with Lincoln. Um, but let's, let's, you know, push on ahead. What happens in part three, beloved mother 
uh, beloved son. We don't need to warn anyone. I think the spirit of this of the of the another theme of the <laughs> Snyder Cut is that we shouldn't be constrained by these arbitrary time limits. Like this, a movie has to be ninety minutes. No, a movie could be four right. hours and two minutes long, and it could be the best movie ever made. Can I tell you the only bullet I have written down for beloved mother? beloved son is the flash touching a woman's hair while she's too fast to notice that's all i have written down that's a okay that's a great seed where it establishes that the flash he's really and you want to talk about ripping things off he's like a really funny quirky kid of the group uh-huh. and now i just see like all these marvel movies they just ripped off the flash with the spider-man dynamics you know how they have spider-man just cops his whole deal yeah i just don't agree with that let's keep going i just don't agree with that i don't think we have time to get into this. he gets the job as the dog walker and he saves the day and it's a really great scene and i read online that 10 percent of the cider cut was in slow motion and i think that that um was a really great choice especially in this scene we got to see the whole thing in in slow motion and it just didn't feel like we got enough of it and uh (laughs) so we get to see flash introduced uh to his future love interest as well i read online and then we also get to see a lot of great scenes of lois at coffee shops being really sad and i'm glad there was more than one of those i think that was a really good idea is this the uh chapter where we see lois talk to what we think is superman's mom we do think it's superman's mom uh in fact it is another ageless wonder (laughs) the martian manhunter yeah that really threw me. I was really surprised by that. Um, he's He has taken time out of his schedule to make sure that Lois continues her journalism career. Good for him. I'm, I'm glad he cares that much about quality journalism. I think Marsha Manhunter in the film is kind of Zack Snyder's proxy because he's being such an empowering ally to ensure that this woman is still continuing on her career path. Again, showing this first half of the movie with the Amazons, with the lois and the mother it just really shows how important women are in this film right yeah anything else of note in beloved mother beloved son i gotta imagine that this is when um like bruce and diana check in and we're recruit oh you know what thank god they got rid of the brunch jokes oh abe i can't this might have been my favorite edit of the entire thing unless i'm mistaken here i don't i think he cut all the brunch humor from flash and i can't thank him enough for that I don't recall any brunch jokes, so yeah, it seems as if those were elided. All right, chapter four, Change Machine. Change Machine is something that Cyborg says to describe. I know, I know, Abe. I I know. Okay, well, I just think that's really neat that these chapters are, are like things you actually hear them say. Yeah. This actually was another great chapter. We get to see the full Cyborg story. It's very similar to what is done in the DC animated films where he is um you know uh a gotham football star who's injured and you know his father resurrects him using power Mm -hmm. from dark side and here we are yeah he uh for anyone who's not a comic book fan he was not an original member of the justice league he was a teen titans guy um but i think as part of uh, a push to diversify the dc universe in the past 10 20 years he canonically became a justice a founding justice league member i think previously they had gone with john stewart a green lantern uh but cyborg's just a more interesting character um yeah i thought i thought this the snyder cut is just a lot more cyborg and they did a much better job with him cyborg really grounds the movie despite being half machine he really is the human element of the justice league his story 
is what gives the whole film really its emotional weight. Obviously, folks are dealing with the fate of the world and their grief for the loss of Superman and how they're going to put that into action. But mostly, this film centers around the relationships Cyborg has with his late parents and with himself. He can speak to machines, as Aquaman says. And that is a very nifty power, especially these days and age when there's a lot of machines to be spoken to. Yeah, they had that scene, I think they must have added in, where he's like, oh, this old girl, and he's talking to the troop, you know, Batman's troop transport. He's like, this old girl wants to fly, but there's something wrong with her programming. Yes. Cool. Cool addition. I liked it. Absolutely. And another great plot point is, of course, Batman needs this huge, giant thing, and they can't just take, <laughs> like, a normal jet. They need something that he can, uh, that can be super big and heavy for six people. Right. Yep. It's brilliant. Um... Yeah, this I assume uh, Change Machine is also where they meet up with Commissioner Gordon, um, and they go down into the sewers, fight some parademons. Fight Steppenwolf. Yeah. And the, you notice they do it all kind of one-on-one. They split up. They don't work together as a team, and this is a lesson that they later learn. I just felt like that's how that's how you have to do any superhero fight, right? Like, you gotta you got to use their abilities in a way that's dynamic and interesting on, on screen. This was nothing but interesting the whole way through. Chapter 5, All the King's Horses. Like, water has to show up for Aquaman to be interesting. You know? But he's also like a meta-human? A, 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 meta he's you... very tough, too. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. And don't forget, Aquaman half-human, so he understands both sides. Chapter 5, All the King's Horses. What happens, Abe? All the King's Horses is a reference to Humpty Dumpty. All the King's Horses and All the King's Men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And this is obviously, uh, well, not obviously, if you weren't paying a close attention as I was to the film when you watch it multiple times. Uh, this is kind of an allegory to, or a metaphor, or metalipsis of, pars uh, uh, proto, I suppose, of well, a little bit, of, uh, it's just a very, it works on so many levels. They're trying to get Superman back to life. And, uh, we get to see them put the change boxes into play. Yeah. And we get to see Flash break the time barrier for the first time. New. Hadn't seen that in the original cut. I One thing we got this kind of like, uh, for lack of a better word, the Kryptonian ship was just being a real cock blocker the whole time. Being like, don't do this. <laughs> really wet blanket. Oh, that's right. And we see... Um... Cyborg actually has a vision of the future, which I guess the ship shows him? Or the change machine shows him? Probably the change machine, yeah. I, yeah. He can speak to either of them, but it looked like the change machine, yes. Where Aquaman dies, I think Wonder Woman is dead also? It seems to be, yes, but we'll get to that, that okay, alternate right. fu- future. They bring Superman back. Uh, same kind of... Mostly the same fight scene. Um with the justice league he doesn't ask uh, batman if he bleeds or not um and, no that's you know timothy that happens at batman for superman and batman asks do you bleed superman flies away and then batman goes you will it's great epic no 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 but in the um joss whedon cut superman asked batman if he bleeds or not and snyder specifically took that line out because he said it didn't make any sense oh i don't remember that in the josh whedon cut i guess i i just oh. uh yeah so it doesn't it's matter weird. it's not important also no. superman does a great job even though he's kind of losing his he, he doesn't know who he is and he's aggressive he doesn't hurt any troops or police officers because yeah. he, he understands that they're the real heroes 
Did we miss the fact that Lois Lane might be pregnant? I feel like we didn't hint uh, hint at that. Us? Yeah, us. You and me. We didn't talk about that. No, we didn't talk about that at all yet. Uh, that's pretty huge, and it's it's talking about the larger story that Snyder clearly wants to tell. He wants to tell. I hope the powers that be will let him do so. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that later. Otherwise, we'll have another spirited conversation <laughs> online with anyone who says anything bad about this. <laughs> okay, so uh, Superman eventually grounds himself because he goes back to the Smallville farm with um, Lois Lane and... Yep. They spend a lot of time looking out the window. He finally puts a shirt on. Great, um, great lats. Absolutely good lats on uh, Superman. Sure. Kind of skinny forearms. A little weird. And That's a common Superman th- thing, though, isn't it? Terrible teeth. Terrible teeth? He has little, like, sharp little pointy teeth. Have you ever noticed? No, I've not noticed that about... Um... Why am I blanking on his name? Henry Cavill? Henry Cavill. I've not noticed that about Henry Cavill. Yeah, look it up. I mean, okay. I'm used to I'm used to some pretty bad teeth for being in the 19th century, but now that I'm back, everyone has nice teeth, and it's kind of interesting. I gotta imagine they're nice, nice and white, though, right? Nice and shiny. Yeah, just kind of pointy. Okay. Uh, just interesting. Something to work on. Yeah. Maybe we could have CGI that. While Superman is uh, restoring his humanity at the farm, uh, Justice League's you know getting ready for battle. Yeah, and Batman mentions that he had a vision or a dream or a premonition of some kind, and he said that where they said Lois is the key, and now we could talk about whether Lois is pregnant or not because if she's the key, we we know we can put. Well, we should probably wait till we get to the actual end of the film, buddy. This is your this is your episode, so whatever you want to do. Let's wait till the end of the film. But okay. Lois is the key. He recalls how Flash came through the Flash came through yep. somehow and told him Lois. He is thought the key. he came too soon. Yeah, right. Okay, chapter six, something darker. The big fight. The something darker is dark side. God, I, yes, okay. Ava, I just want, I know we're all, we're through all of them now. I think most of the people caught, caught on to these kind of things you're dropping. Oh, okay, that's good, that's good. I'm glad people were paying attention. Uh, We cut a few scenes here where, like, we're really worried about this one particular family, um, living in the kind of containment zone um and the like superman and flash race to like save civilians it's it's a lot more i don't know a lot more fighty a lot more violent of a battle in this one than it was in the whedon cut it's a lot better is what i hear you saying and i agree I, i actually agree with that i i didn't understand why we kept focusing on this one family so yes so here we go. We fight Steppenwolf, and another great part of this cut is we understand what Steppenwolf's trying to do. He's fallen from grace. He apparently knew some people who attempted a coup on Darkseid, or he was part of the coup, and now he's trying to prove that he wants to be one of Darkseid's servants by getting these mother boxes and getting them together and giving them the world back that he wasn't able to take, Earth, which has probably always been on his mind, even though he's turned 100,000 worlds to dust. That's probably always thinking about the one that got away. Mm-hmm. And we find out, because the mother boxes speak to Steppenwolf, that Earth has something called the anti-life equation carved into the surface. Yeah. Another great plot point is that the mother boxes, obviously we don't need the, we need something, we need like multiple things to be worried about. Mm-hmm. You can't have a movie with just like one plot. The movie has to have like multiple things going on that like kind of keep, you keep juggling and that confuse you because that's good. So 
we find out from the mother boxes that right. If I can just if I can just uh, kind of dig down on that point, it's like how um, in Phantom Menace, in the final battle, there's like three or four things going on, and in um, you know, A New Hope, Star Wars, uh, the original one, there's just kind of like the one battle of, of uh, Yavin. And you're just so much more um, interested in that uh, Phantom Menace battle, you know? Another reason why Phantom Menace is like considered the best Star Wars film. Correct, yeah. So here we go. We get the mother boxes, and they're almost put together. Cyborg gets them apart. And it seems like they're actually going to succeed until Superman shows up in his black suit, looking real nice. Separates the boxes. I guess destroys the boxes. Oh yeah, which I didn't. I don't know that they um, clarified in the Whedon cut. Yeah, I guess. I guess they're they're dead. They're gone. He destroyed the boxes, which is great yeah. news. They can't be used again. Um, but I guess it doesn't matter because Darkseid didn't need the boxes to conquer hundred thousand worlds anyway. Another great point about the movie that it makes total sense is that Darkseid came with these three boxes thousands of years ago. Didn't yeah. work out for him. It didn't seem to matter. He never came back for the boxes. He just kept going yeah. conquering other worlds. So Steppenwolf's like, I'll get you these boxes. They clearly matter a lot. And that was that made a lot of sense. So then he also, uh, you know, Steppenwolf is like, I think, trying to like run for cover or like is getting summoned back by the mother boxes, opening a portal for Darkseid's armies. Uh-huh. And Wonder Woman chops his head off because Zack Snyder's got to give the final blow to a woman because he's a, he's, you know, girl power. Feminist, yeah. And... We see Dark Side. He's the something darker, and um, it's great. He, he they say uh, he's like okay. I can't use the mother boxes. Ready the armada. I'll just go the way I've done for a hundred thousand uh, years, which is great because it's like yeah, exactly. We didn't need to care about the mother boxes at all. And Seems like we really didn't. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really good filmmaking. So. Now we know that Darkseid has to come to Earth because it has something called the anti-life equation. And we don't know what that is, really, or we don't really need to at this point. Right. And that's great, too, because it'll keep us coming back for more. Uh, just from a logistics standpoint, it seems like we're meant to believe that Superman goes... Wait, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. We're, t- we're talking the Nightfall, the sort of future vision. I don't want to get into that yet. Let's keep going. They win. They win. They win the day. Um... I'll, I'll say this one a line I really like um, Superman gets his farm back and he says how'd you get the farm back and Bruce Wayne says I bought the bank good solid line reminds him that he's uh, unbelievably rich um, you know things are getting to normal and then um, there were two scenes in the epilogue uh, the epilogue a father twice over one uh, well I guess three technically one where uh cyborg's dad uh he sort of reassembles the tape recorder and hears this monologue from his father and he's a father twice over because he uh, gave birth to cyborg or he didn't give birth but he he cyborg was his son when he was before he was cyborg and then he like yeah, this is all him. stuff that he said yeah that's right yeah um so there's that monologue and then there's correct me if i'm wrong which comes first is it uh martian manhunter showing up again or is it the nightfall um sort of future vision i think it's the nightmare nightmare that's what it is and that comes first because it's actually um batman's nightmare he's dreaming about this thing that could happen and he has a great scene with the joker uh uh dead shot is there or uh deadpool is uh, there. No, no. 
You're talking about a different guy. I'm blanking on his name, but it's not Deadpool or Deadshot. It's um, it's Slade. It's um, Dead Slade. Dead. It's Dead Slade. Yeah. Dead Slade's there. The redhead from Aquaman is there. Cyborg. Yeah. Flash is like in a tank suit, and yeah. uh, but Superman shows up. He's clearly gonna wreck havoc. And then Ben Affleck wakes up from his dream and uh he, he meets the martian manhunter yeah i gotta say one thing he says uh and when i kill you and i am gonna fucking kill you i love that line from batman abe that was great you never see that with a michael keaton batman or anybody else again another reason why we should we should rethink all these conventional constraints that we place upon <laughs> our filmmakers and auteurs batman using a lot of guns batman using a lot of guns in this universe I don't know. He's old. I, I kind of get it. Um, it's kind of like they're setting him up like they did for Batman Beyond. That's a whole different conversation. Um, that brings us to the end of the epilogue. Abe, if you had to give this out of five batarangs, why am I even asking you? It's going to be five batarangs. It's not five batarangs, Timothy. It's not five batarangs? No, I'm not ridiculous. <laughs> it's six batarangs out of five of batarangs. Six for each member of the Justice League. Yeah, but room for more. Um, like all the members of Shazam, another yeah. film we've talked about this podcast. Really yeah. disappointed they did show up in this. And all the the Green Lantern, you know, future member. That's certainly going to happen. I will say this. I do wish DC would just come to Snyder now and be like, all right, we were wrong. Make your next two films. You do? I don't think it's going to I don't think it's going to happen, but, you know, I'd watch them. Hell yeah. <laughs> Abe, any last thoughts as a, as a DC cinephile on the Snyder Cut? I love it. I'm I'm fired up. I'm going to go watch it again right now. Oh, Abe. Are you going to watch the this one or are you going to watch Justice is, is Grey? I'll watch the – well, I'm going to watch this one. I'm going to watch the Justice is Grey one later. Okay, gotcha. Folks, if you have any thoughts about the with Snyder your dog, cut, you may... <laughs> why? Well, because dogs are colorblind. So, oh, you know, I should have caught onto that. That's that Huckabee writing. That's good stuff. Oh, we didn't even check out. Okay, I'll tell you what. While I'm doing the outro stuff, you want to check what your who your guest is on Huckabee. I'm sure you know it already, but if you just got to go into your email or something. No, oh, yeah, I know the the people on the Huckabee Hour this week are uh, Ray Bob Johnson. Okay. Senator Mickle Marr. Um, it's uh, also it's uh, Lisa Thompson. Okay, she's back with another great piece. And uh, musical guest, um, uh, pure country, pure salt. country. Can't wait to see it, folks. If you have any thoughts on the, on the Snyder Cut. Uh, email us at 15 minutes with Lincoln at gmail.com. That's numerical one five minutes with Lincoln at gmail.com. Um, and as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Folks, we live in a community, and we're glad that. Uh, we, oh, I said it wrong, didn't I? We live in a society. Is that what? We that live what in a mean? society. Folks, we live in a society. We're glad you live in the society of 15 minutes with Lincoln. We'll see you next time on the next episode.